Welcome to the Sogro Marketing Council podcast. The Sogro Marketing Council is a membership organization comprised of growing marketers who want to stay ahead of developments in multiple areas of marketing. This podcast features recordings of Sogro Marketing Council meetings. Tune in to hear expert marketers share tips and discuss the latest strategies and tools in marketing. To join the next meeting and be part of the discussion yourself, visit SoGrowPR.com. That's S-O-W-G-R-O-W-P-R.com and click on the Marketing Council tab. Let's get growing. That's funny. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. So, um... Kristen, do you want to start us off and then we'll, um, and then Yonatori, if you want to go and then Sarah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. So <clears throat> um, first off, there is um, the site that all the professional designers belong to is called um, AIGA. And so you can always um, vet a graphic designer that you're going to use to see if they are a member of their local chapter of AIGA. You can go to AIGA.org. And they also have tons of educational resources that you can be a part of. So that's one thing I just don't know if an AIGA really just, it doesn't even stand for anything right now. They say it's the Professional Association for Designers. So it used to stand for, I think, um, American, um, an Association of International Graphic Artists or something like that, but it doesn't stand for that anymore. Um, Let's see, okay, Josh Sellers. C-E-L-L-A-R-S is a wine company. I don't know if you've seen the bottles of wine that say Josh on it. I don't know. Do you see that in Canada? Do you, do you drink wine? Are you familiar with Josh? I haven't seen it, but I'll, I'll keep my eyes open for next time. Okay. <laughs> so a couple of years ago, it didn't even really exist. It was a very, very small winery. And um, what they did is they started building uh, brand awareness by getting it in the hands of people to taste and to see and now the brand josh is prolific and so what they did is they there's a great story on um if you didn't know instagram actually has great little stories so business.instagram.com slash success slash josh sellers and so it's the story of classic california wines and so this is, was in um, when the company was started in 2007, but it, rel- it didn't relatively grow or become nationally recognized until the last um, two years. So what they did um, during the holidays last year was they um, started building out um, their brand on social platforms like Instagram. And they talked about using, you know, drinking this wine over the holidays. And they did all kinds of stuff. They did videos, 3D work. They did all kinds of things to really build brand awareness. Um, And they would have a video and they would bring the wine bottle in front of it. So they did a lot of things that other wine companies weren't doing. Because you really don't see a lot of wine companies advertising, you know, Um, like that. And after they did this process, um, they saw an 11.5% lift in ad recall, a 6.1 point lift in brand awareness, and a 4.2 point lift in those very likely to purchase. And for me, what I noticed is that I first tried Josh. I have a a friend of ours is in distribution. And so he gave us a few bottles to try and I'd never seen it before. I'm like, what the heck is this? And then I started seeing it in like um, little wine stores. And then I started seeing it in Publix and Kroger. And now it is just everywhere. Every time I, and it's every kind of wine. 
Um, so they really grew a brand by using one season and they just pinpointed that season to build brand and they repeated and repeated and repeated their brand story to build awareness and their, their bottle of wine is called someone's name, which is very unusual. Mm -hmm. Like Josh, you know, it's like Brad or, you know, there's a commercial that uses Brad and some insurance company. Anyway, so I just find it very interesting that you can have a great brand, but if you don't get it out there and you don't actively pursue either a concentrated effort, you're really not going to get that national awareness, but that's what they did. And they utilized Instagram. So I wanted to just share that story. We didn't have anything to do with it, but I found it um, very interesting about how they grew brand in a concentrated time period. And it's expanded way beyond that. And then let's see. Kristen, do you know about how long of a time period it was? It was right before the holidays. Um, but I can't tell you if it was October, November, December. So last or, year, like a year? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, let's see. So I think those were the main things I wanted to talk about was AIGA and then that story, but the fact that I found that story on Instagram, I don't know if anybody ever knows to look at Instagram, but I figured I curate two articles a month. I just like find articles that I love and then we push it out on our social platforms because it's easier to do that than to write for mm -hmm. me. And um, I always try to find places that are highly trafficked or very recognizable. Like I use Medium and that's one of my favorites. But when I found this, I thought that was interesting because I never really thought about looking for case studies on Instagram, right. business case studies. So right. that's a good point. Yep. Okay. I, I'm, I'm definitely trying to wrap my head around Instagram because Pinterest, I understand a lot more, but Instagram, I feel like is this whole other thing because you can't just share things in the same way that you can on these other platforms. Um, so, but Instagram, you know, it is, they are leaning more towards business stuff than they have been. So it's so much Especially shopping. Yeah. Yes, yes, definitely shopping. That's the frustration to me on Pinterest. I cannot stand it when I see something, I'm like, I want to buy that shirt or those shoes and you can never get to it. It's always a dead end or it doesn't exist. Or it says they, it was sold three years ago. That's my frustration with Pinterest, but Instagram, I've never had a problem of seeing something and then going to the store and it not being available. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. And you mentioned something about they did a big push over the holidays with this wine. And I recently heard that Pinterest will, if you create something based on a holiday topic, that content gets pushed higher during the holidays. So you can really get a big boost over the mm -hmm. holidays if you're writing about something. And, you know, I, I was listening to a podcast, the marketer was saying, just take whatever content you normally put out during the year, put some holiday, you know, um, yeah, theme on it. Yeah. And, and you can get a whole lot more traffic because Pinterest loves holiday stuff. So, so Instagram could be the same. I don't know if they do that too, but Instagram, it's much more in the moment, yeah. like uh, from posts, from a posting perspective, from social media, like, um, it, it was a challenge maybe a few years ago when I started using it more because you can't schedule things as easily. You couldn't schedule for a while like you, and it really, wants you to do it on your phone mm -hmm. so it wanted to be something that you're taking a picture on your phone etc and when you're a business and you're planning out like a week in advance or two weeks in advance you're like I just want to but but the wonderful thing about it is it makes everything so fresh 
And now you can schedule, so that's cool. Um, but it definitely keeps that fresh instead of Pinterest, which is more like an organizational file, you know, yeah. um, lots of different files. I was just trying to look at my stories to see about the stories get a lot more views at the top. And it's also you get the full um, width, you know, of your the height of your phone. And uh, I know that my stories get seen. I was just trying to look to see if I could see the analytics real quick, but I can't, I didn't, didn't see and, it. And for um, influencers is really where Instagram shines. I mean, like so many of the in influencers build their brand on Instagram and that's where they get tons and tons of followers and um, become, you know, media outlets themselves. So mm -hmm. good stuff. Have you guys seen that new Emily in Paris on Netflix? I haven't seen that. No, I've heard about it. Well, watch it. I mean, it's interesting. It's she's like a works for a marketing agency in Paris and she's sort of an influencer. So it gives you kind of, I recommend it's got really good clothes. It's like the first thing out there in a year that has good clothes. Ah, that's um, good. So it's fun. Um, but it does shine some light on the way, like it kind of is her perspective of infusing social media into like um, an old school marketing agency. Um, so anyway, awesome. Emily in Paris. That's so cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's awesome. Yana Tori, did you have a tip you wanted to share today? Yes, today I even have like a presentation. So oh my god. Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> so. You guys can give me uh, permission to share my screen. I will yes. share my screen. <laughs> All right, it should be open. Sorry, I thought we. Oh, perfect. Okay. I know if you can't do it. So I'm assuming you guys can see my screen. Oh, good. Okay. So today we're going to talk about something that no one likes talking about, and it's like cleaning your lists. We don't ever want to clean our list because we, we assume that the more people we have in our list, the more chances we get to sell. Um, but there's a couple of different things that need to be done and it has nothing to do with if people are engaged or if people care about your, your campaigns or not. Um, there's different things that can introduce themselves in your list and they need to be cleaned out because they affect um, your reputation. So the most important ones are spam traps. So spam traps, are very, very simple. There's two types. The whole point of them is that they're emails that, you know, Yahoo, Gmail, everybody know that they're not used by real people. So they will either hide them all around the internet so that if people scrape emails off the internet, they're gonna grab them and they'll be able to, you know, know this guy just, you know, scrape the internet. Or um, if we have the other type of uh, spam trap where it's those emails you created like 15 years ago that we don't use anymore. So Gmail knows that we haven't logged in, that we're not using them. So if ever somebody sends an email to it, they know that that person either purchased a list or they, you know, they went through their CRM from you know, the last 10 years, grabbed everybody and just started sending emails. And these are very, they're, they're very bad for you because they're a very good indicator that you don't know who you're sending emails to or that you're not taking care of it. People are not engaged. You're not cleaning your list. And when you start hitting some spam traps, no one tells you they'll, they'll look like bounces because if you knew which ones they were, you just, you know, remove them and then keep sending to the rest of the people. 
So it's very, very bad for your reputation. And if you don't clean your list enough, at least once a year minimum, just to remove the people who've like never, ever, ever opened an, e uh, an email or people who've always bounced and they seem to still be active, just, you know, take them off because then your reputation gets impacted. It's such an easy way to recognize that you're not taking care or you don't have no relationship with these people. And it will affect the people that you may actually have a relationship um, with. So here are the two types. So is the dormant, the ones that, you know, emails that used to exist and the bona fide ones or emails that never existed, which might be like typos or ones that different companies have planted at different places on websites to catch people who just clean um, their list. So we're gonna go over like how they get there. So very, very simple. They're usually a symptom of people not cleaning their list, you know, poor list management, or for example, not having a double opt-in. So I've had some customers who had, um, were doing different, you know, um, contests, you know, give us your email and we'll pick one and you'll win something. And because they don't have a double opt-in, you know, somebody that just is maybe angry or wants more chances to win starts putting like a lot of emails there. And when you start sending emails out, it'll take a couple of times for the emails to bounce, especially if they're soft bouncing. So you're just sending to a bunch of these emails that don't exist. And they, that can be done, you know, for things like, you know, contests or it can be done just to hurt you. And it's happened a lot. Like people don't assume, they're like, I'm so tiny and so such a small business. Who cares about me? And I've seen it way too many times. I've seen like um, veterinarians or like gas stations. And it's like, who, you know, who cares to, to hurt a veterinarian? <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but people do it. And um, they either do it maybe for money, an exchange of money, or they just do it to hurt businesses. And um, that double opt-in, meaning that, you know, when people inscribe, you get an email that they have to confirm and then they're in the list. I know it seems very annoying. People, you know, see think that there's, less chances that the people are gonna end up at the end. And what they don't realize is that people, the percentage does go lower when you have a double opt-in, but the engagement rate also goes lower. They were trying, they, they needed a fast opt-in because you offered them something very cool, like a PDF of like, I don't know, smoothies or a coupon. And that was it. They don't care about anything else. So that's the reason that maybe the opt-in is gonna be higher if you don't have a double opt-in. But long-term, you're losing the engagement because people are trying to catch them and put them on their list instead of building a relationship. And that can become a problem because these emails that are not active anymore can hurt you as well. And to get them off, I mean, it's very, very simple. You either clean your list. And by cleaning the list, it doesn't necessarily mean like deleting everybody off your list. You know, you can create a group. You can say, okay, who hasn't opened any of my campaigns the last three months? And you don't remove them, you can put them aside, set them aside and send them only things that are very, very important. A 5% coupon for a $5 product is not a really good incentive, you know? No one cares about that 25 cents. Want to get send them the most important information. So, if, you know, an address change or a really good promotion. Um, just Merry Christmas is, is just clutter in my inbox. So you can keep them aside. Another thing you can do is just reconfirm your email list, which I, I know people really, really hate. You send out an email, you guys still want to get the emails, but a confirmation doesn't only have to be, do you want to keep getting the emails? It can be, um, here, are the five, we, here are the five topics we send regularly a month. Just click the ones you'd like to receive. And people can, that type of email can be sent multiple times, can be sent automatically. 
um, through certain filters. So if you're using MailChimp or CakeMail or whatever, there's these segmentation tools you can use. So anybody who hasn't opened an email in the last three months, send him this email. And it's gonna be done automatically. And you can see maybe people, it might give you extra information as well, what people wanna actually see. Some people might, you might realize your whole list doesn't care about events or you know the other way around, they actually do care about the events. Um, so our confirmation email is not only like, do you still want to keep getting my emails? It can be an actual question like, what, what do you want? So the spam traps are just a, a really good reason for people to start um, kind of cleaning their list because you cannot, you don't know and no one tells you, you can't just go on the internet like, here's a list of all the spam traps. The whole point is this, of spam traps is to catch people who are not doing the right thing. So they're going to be hidden, you know, they're hidden in LinkedIn, they're hidden behind websites. So if you go on the website, you don't see it, it's in the code. So that machines that like scrape the internet for emails grab and emails that, you know, I don't use because I made them when I was in primary school, they're probably spam traps right now. And they can be, they can be hidden or they can be, I might've given it, you know, to I don't know, my high school and they decide to send out an email to everybody and that email doesn't exist anymore and it will hurt their reputation. And no one wants to be on a blacklist because then the people who want to receive the emails won't be getting them. So that's my tip of the day. And I'm ready for next, next month as well. <laughs> that's good. That's useful. How do you stop once an email bounces? How do you, is it possible when you get those notifications of something just bounced, you know, that you sent that maybe the size was too wrong? Is it possible to say, okay, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> like, uh, so, so what there's like two different things so when um if you're using like a, um, an email software or even if it's one that's in-house um the system has these different different rules for different type of bounces so mm -hmm. if we send the email and like the domain doesn't exist anymore the system will automatically block it to protect you and protect themselves because mm -hmm. when you're sending emails to a system it's both of your reputations that are important Right. Um, because they're the sending, you know, IPs and you're the, the owner. So both reputations are important. So they don't want to hurt themselves, which then hurt other customers for using the same IPs. Okay. Right. Um, but there's different types of bounces. Like the soft bounces, like you said, like an email that's too large, you know, too, the images are too heavy or the code is too long or um, their security is too strict. You know, if you're sending, um, I work with policemen before. So if you send them anything out from outside that didn't was sent from inside, it gets automatically blocked. The, the police here in Montreal just blocked everything, which creates issues for them because if you want invoices, even if it's like a one-to-one -one email, it creates issues. So then it's like a whole complex matter of what is allowed to go in and what's not allowed to go in. Um, but those will soft bounce and the system won't automatically like remove them. Most systems, it will have to soft bounce four times in a row. And on the fourth time, they will then remove it. Okay. But let's say your sending rate is very high. You know, some people send every day. So four become, is just very quick. Mm -hmm. And the problem may be like, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't pay my domain name. So my, you know, Google suite account doesn't work. And it takes me five days to realize it wouldn't take me five days. So my email is like 24 seven, but let's say it took you a couple of days to realize like, oh, whoops, I didn't pay my bill. And, you know, Google closed everything. Um, if somebody was sending me emails four times, I'm off their list the system would have removed me. So it's important to kind of, um, so you don't have to worry about the bounces. The bounces will automatically get removed. Um, the spam traps, they don't necessarily tell you. Mm -hmm. That's the, the purpose of them. So right. you know that they're probably gonna bounce, but that one time, 
especially depending on which spam trap you did, it's just more than enough. You, you bought a list, you know, and then they're going to compare that with the rest of your, you know, if you have a high bounce rate, then it's like, it's very obvious that you purchase a list or you uploaded a list that you're like, oh, this is emails to my business customers. Let me just add them in my list. They'll, they'll know because there's other indicators okay. and it's kind of, it's a bummer, but that's how it is. And actually, uh, list cleaning can go the other way around because of the whole soft balances. And, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, it just happens. People change domain names. Um, it's also important to look at those people that were removed automatically by the system and either contact them personally, if possible, depending on your business type, you know, you can be like, Hey, you know, you can go Google them, you know, check the domain. Does the domain still exist? Oh, it does. Let me just contact the person. Maybe it was, you know, you know a mistake, you know, they, they changed it or, you know, sometimes it's a configuration issue. You know, if I go in my, 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 my GoDaddy and I break a little bit with the connection between my Google suite and GoDaddy, I won't be able to receive emails either. That will also be considered as a soft bounce most of the times. So it's important to look at the people that were removed as well, because some of them, you can add them back. And sometimes just like, what's a better email? And people will give you the better emails because we all know the feeling of going to a store and giving them that old email because you don't want to give them the, the one that you're currently using. Right. Everybody feels that way. I mean, you're, if we feel that way, our customers feel that way. So mm -hmm. it's important sometimes to open that relationship and emails are there to be replied to. You know, people forget that. Emails are not that just to be sent and be like, here's information. People should be able to reply to those emails. And that's like the best outcome you can possibly get. Becomes a hassle because you need to send them like the customer support so somebody can answer all the emails. But getting your emails answered back is the whole purpose. I mean, it's engagement. On Instagram, we want comments and likes. Emails, we want replies and clicks and we want them to perform actions. So list cleaning, especially before <laughs> the holidays. You don't want to be competing with the big boys out there who are already winning in the inbox. Right. Um, start sending now. Uh, Black Friday is, is, is now because <laughs> like three weeks, it's away. Like you're, you're done. Best Buy is winning. Costco is winning. Everybody's winning except you. Uh, so Black Friday is like kind of now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can I ask a follow-up question on that? You said you could send an email multiple times about what people are interested in yes. receiving emails. Can you, because I just wrote down, I was like, oh, I love that. So tell me more about that. Okay. So in uh, most, most softwares, um, you know, when you go and you create a form that people can kind of sign up, they, they have these like little snippets of code or these little segments that you can use. It's very easy. It's like, you know, manual. And when you send out the email, when people will click on one link or another picture, or you bring them to a page where they have like, you can select multiple things, the system will automatically update their, their subscription. So you can go and you create some segments and the segments are on your form. And when people go on the form, they can just check, you know, I want women's clothing and, you know, toddlers clothing and that's it. So okay. that way on your end, all these people get segmented in a certain way and you can test, you can test different things every couple of months, you know, um, do you want to receive everything? And that can also be put in the uh, right under the unsubscribe. You know how sometimes like you can update your preferences yeah. or unsubscribe. So that's, that's what we're putting kind of in people's faces. Like the purpose of the email is that instead of just like at the bottom in a footer and the purpose, it, it's always well taken by people because they're like, oh, you know, I might've not really engaged with their emails, but they're asking me like, you know, what do I want? And they kind of think about it and they tend to be more engaged the following weeks because they're trying to see, did you listen? Did you, is it actually interesting? Is it more interesting now that they've got to choose what they wanted? 
And, you know, if your list is really tiny, you have 10 people, like don't bother creating like five emails a week so you can cater to the five people, right? right. But in certain, some, sometimes it just gives you certain ideas. It can help you. Um, sometimes I have customers, and I'm just most people, we have like an email that has like so much information. And sometimes you'd make people happier if you, it's the same email, but instead of it all together, you just kind of duplicated campaign and you just have one to, you have one part of each email in every email. So you don't have one long one and people are like scrolling to find what they're looking for. Right. But doesn't make more work for you. It's just, you just cut your email in pieces and you send the pieces that people are looking for to them and the engagements rate go higher. And then we can focus on having them do something, you know, right. because okay. we want them to go on the website, but we also want them to subscribe to the event. We just don't want them to, Oh yeah. Okay. It's, you know, Tuesday at 10 a.m. You know, it's, we want them to actually give us their email. We want them to do something. So right. when we, so when we're happy with what they're getting, then they're happy with what the, we're asking them to do after. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you. Very, very helpful. So helpful. Oh my gosh. This is so good. Email is such a, we're, I'm starting to get in a lot deeper. I was telling Sarah yesterday about connecting. Have you ever heard of the quiz platform interact? Yes. Okay. I might need to call you and pay you for an hour of your time because we were trying to connect and it said, oh, it'll send an automatic email. Well, you have to go into MailChimp and actually set up those emails on MailChimp. It's not through Interact. Yeah. And then when you tag things, I'm having issues with it showing up with multiple tags when it really should just have a tag for the result because we're trying to send this one email based on the result that they got on their quiz. Oh, but It'll show up with like two tags. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and so I'm trying to figure out why is it showing up with these multiple tags? And I can't figure out how to, I've changed all kinds of things. And I've gone back and forth and it's, it's strange. Yeah, the tagging is so important because the segmentation part, that's how you re like rely on it. You, you can't just be like, I want all the women. If you don't have that field or you don't have an action, how, how do you know you've got an email address, maybe a name and people tend to have like, you know, an address, a zip code. And you're like, what is all this? This is an email. What do you care about the zip code? But anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, but sometimes they do because that's how they're going to segment their people, but right. then it becomes a problem because if they're people write whatever, or, you know, there, there was no check to see, you know, people just, it's like the number field. So it doesn't check if the zip code is real. So then you're trying to segment and you have these zip codes that don't exist. And it's just, it becomes a, it becomes an issue. So people need to think about what you want to do with the email. How do you want to segment? How can you get that information to be so clear cut? Because you're going to tell MailChimp, I want all the people who have, gotten the results 78. Mm -hmm. Where is that information? If it's not in MailChimp, you can't segment based on it. So it becomes very, it can become very annoying if people input their own information and the fields are not like super clean cut to ensure that it's like real information. And it can become, it can become very tedious. Yeah. Well, the, the, it's based on three different results or three different categories. Oh, okay. This category, this category, this category. And the idea is that the person really wants to work with two of those categories and not necessarily one of them. And so we're kind of, you know, trying to separate them, but it'll come up with, if somebody gets um, the highest score, they'll have the other two tags with them. And it's, oh, okay. <laughs> which it should just be, so you can assume if they get the highest score, yeah, that okay. they got all three, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I can't figure out how to separate it so that it does. Anyways, it's, it's driving me crazy. <laughs> we'll fix it. Um, awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. That's so helpful. All this information. I always feel like email. I just, there's, it's so much deeper than people realize. 
oh, yes. so much more to email than people realize. And so yes. it's beneficial to us all to learn more about it. So awesome. Sarah, did you have a tip today? I do. Um, and I think I want to use my screen. So if you, I you guess, um, yeah, I think I can choose. Let's see. Yeah, I'm going to do this one. All right. Can you see my screen? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so I want to go, my little control is in the way. Let's see. Get rid of that. And I want to go here. This is what I want to share. All right, so um, we work a lot with B2B um, customers, a lot of our clients. And I saw this article the other day <clears throat> and I thought it was interesting, um, you know, that so much of the, you know, sales process happens independently. You know, customers are always looking for content to read. Um, you know, they want to figure it out on the sales journey, you know, what they want to do. This is specifically for tech. But I think a lot of B2B and even a lot of consumers, we like to do the research ourselves, you know, and figure out what we want to purchase before we do it. So, you know, this survey talked about the types of content. Um, or first they talk about the number. So it says like people typically read 11 to 20 types of content before they make a purchase decision. So that's social media posts, white papers, videos, you know, all that type of stuff. So, you know, for the people like us that are making content and putting it out there, that's great news. We'll keep making that content and putting it out to help people drive their journey. And then, you know, that continues for us to come up with great ideas of the type of content and where we want to drive them. Um, and then the other thing I thought was interesting, this is B2B tech, but 68% um, said webinars, you know, and webinars are usually like, yeah, it's kind of boring, but that that was, you know, what 68% were doing. 45% was videos, which we've heard so much about, you know, everybody loves to watch videos. Um, so that's doing well. 43% in-person events. Um, that was probably before COVID. 38% um, white papers. I thought it was interesting for B2B that social media was almost the last. So they're not really looking at that as much, even though they are still looking at it. Blog posts and white papers were higher. Um, so, you know, anyway, just something to think about that, you know, putting out that content is so important. Um, and we typically, when we do campaigns for people and we're trying to raise their level, um, we recently had a client, um, and we'll come up with some type of guy who did like, they do tiny homes. So, you know, with people being stuck at home it actually had a lot of great angles that we could say, you know, build your own home office in your backyard, you know, build a school for your kids in your backyard. And we had a couple of angles that we could market these tiny homes. So we did a homeschool guide, um, from this company and it's like the golly house, you know, homeschool, backyard, classroom guide, something like that. We got, you know, a bunch of information, both about building a tiny house, you know, all the, you know, permitting and the building process, but then also a ton of information about homeschooling and resources for homeschoolers and things like that. 
And what we typically do with these type of clients, we'll put it out, people can download it, then we can do a press release about it. We can announce, oh, we've published this. It's a big deal. Great. Um, hopefully get some you know, media, news media to pick up the download, downloadable guide. We can market it to people. Um, we can put it on social media. We can chop up the guide and take out different pieces of content. And like, just, it just, we can go with it for six months. I mean, it's like, once you get that, you know, big piece of content, you can run with it. And hopefully, and it, it typically gives credibility to the brand where they feel like, oh, they're trying to do a good thing. They're being, you know, trying to give us all this information so that we can be informed. So, um, you know, just that, you know, investing in those type of, you know, content pieces and, and larger content pieces sometimes that take more time is definitely worth it. Um, so that was one thing. Oh, <clears throat> the other thing that I wanted to mention is my tip. So videos are getting, you know, bigger and bigger and, um, you know, clients don't always want to go to, you know, a big video company or producer and pay that much money to do, you know, pro professionally shot. And there's a lot more tools where you can make videos for people, you know, to market their company. So lately I've discovered ClipChamp and it is so cool. It's an Australian company. And it's very drag and drop with a lot of this stuff, but it gives you, you can separate the audio. It has free footage. Um, you can pay and you get tons of footage, like footage of, you can Google like boats or, or search for boats or, you know, natural wonders or classrooms. And you get the video footage. You can put in the text. You can do all these types of layering and it just makes it for you. So um, I'll send you guys after the meeting today, this like a clip of a video I've made and it looks like so much more professional than, you know, so it's, it's, you know, it's not as great as, you know, CNN or, or someone that's like a professional video company, but it's pretty good for, you know, serving clients and putting out a seven minute or a five minute video. So that's my tip. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't actually, since you have my screen, here's ClipChamp here. Um, it does take, I tell you with videos, with long videos, it takes a long time to get them downloading and things like that. This one, I'm trying to download the, this video and I started exporting it this morning, but let me show you the just basic. Um, I want to show you what the platform looks like. Um, so, signed in. Wait for it. Okay. So, you know, it's like create a video, you've got all these templates. I mean, it's like tons of different ideas, super easy. Um, this was one video that's a little bit shorter that I made. And like you come in, like you've got all these different levels. You can put in music, um, you know, you've got the text with the intro that you can put in. Um, when you're adding media, um, media for all the stocks, They've just got footage, backgrounds, video, audio. I mean, just tons and tons of different things that you can pick. 
So, I mean, it's really as much time as you, if anything, I have to go in and be like, okay, don't spend forever on this <laughs> because you can like be creative and be like, Ooh, do I want, you know, whatever, you know, but it, it's, I've tried like a lot of different video tools for marketers and it's pretty cool. Um, and I actually found like, if you guys want to try it or interested, I found a free code they're doing, I think they're trying to promote it and get it out there. I found like you get it free for a year, like the professional membership. And I'll send you guys that if you're interested in trying it. Yes. I definitely would want that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty neat. So, and the footage is like, like I said, like I searched for like boats um, because this person we're doing for is like CFO navigator. And then, you know, I picked this as like, you know, or something like this for the background, you know, and then you've got the, you can do the text and you can do some titles and it just kind of gives people something to look at besides words. Um, and I mean, it, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Anyway. All right. That's me. So yeah, Sarah sent me these videos and I was like, how did you make this? Cause it was had music and all this B-roll and I was like, where did you get all this stuff? Yeah. So it was really fun. Really yeah. Fun. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you, Sarah. That is so good. Um, all right. I'm going to share something with you guys. Um, so this is on the forum. Let me close that real quick. Um, can you guys see my screen? Yep. Okay. So this is on the forum under video. And one thing that we're doing a lot of, we've had clients come to us and they've said, we're not doing in-person events anymore. How do we make connections with people? How do we grow a network? Because we're used to just going to networking events and handing out business cards and meeting people. And so we've recommended to several clients to start doing videos. So they're doing video interviews on Zoom. And as you can see, Sarah's got the editing platform. So it's, it's pretty easy to put those together. And one of the reasons we're doing interviews instead of just doing regular content where there's just one person from the company talking we're trying to leverage the network of the person that they're interviewing. So the idea is it's almost like a warm referral. So you interview somebody that you know that you think is a good fit for, um, you know, maybe, maybe they know people that would be good prospects for you. So the idea is you do this video, you make it look really great. It's a great tool for the person that's being interviewed. And then the idea is that they promote it to their network. And now you're just one step away from all these new people who are watching this video from somebody you know, now you're getting in front of people that they know. So we've been doing that, but the challenge is getting people to actually share the video. So what we've done is we've put together a template and I've included the template in here. So just wanted to walk you all through it just really quickly. So you can basically go to the forum, copy and paste the template and change it to fit whatever video series you're doing. But we send this to the interviewee. So basically we say, thank you so much for being on the show. Here's a link to your video, but here are some tools to help you promote it. And it's really win-win because they get marketing content. They're featured as an expert and they, they get, you know, the exposure for it. But a lot of people just need that, that step of, well, how do I promote it? How do I put it on my website? How do I put it in an email? So we're trying to make it as easy as possible for them. So the first thing we want them to do is share it on their social media platforms. So we do all the work on the back end, and we basically create these links through social link generators 
And so you go to a site like sharelinkgenerator.com and I've got that link in here. There's, there are a lot of them out there and sometimes they're a little buggy. So you can search for different ones. Sometimes we use <laughs> Sharelink generator for some, and then we have to go and flip to something if we're doing a different, um, like sometimes it works for Facebook and not LinkedIn and you just have to test the links. But basically you create a link that you insert here and with one click, they can share the post. And all the information is included. The videos in there, all the text for the video, everything is set. So they can go, oh, I want to share this on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And in three clicks, it's on all their social platforms. You can do whichever platforms you want. And then next, we tell them that they can use this to market their company. And so they can download, we put a thumbnail image on Dropbox or Google Drive. So in one click, they can download the image and then they, we put a link to the video. So if they wanted to post it on, you know, their blog post, they've got the image and they can just hyperlink the image. So that makes it easy. They don't have to worry about taking a screenshot or figure all that out. And then we tell them the next big thing we want them to do is to put it in their newsletter. So we actually write a newsletter for them and it's pretty basic. It just says something like, hi, we've been featured on whatever the video series is. And, you know, check out our video below and then we include a link and we, we basically write all of what you would put in a newsletter for them. And then we put it in a Google Doc and then we link the Google Doc in the email. So basically all they have to do is click on this link. This Word document comes up with all the text that's already written for their newsletter. They copy and paste all that text, put it in their email platform, whether it's MailChimp or Constant Contact, whatever they use it's already ready for them to go. So they don't have to stop and think, well, I have to write an email and I have to, you know, come up with a subject and write all the text. You don't have to do any of that. They just copy and paste and it's just there. So those are basically three of the big things that we want people to do. And the idea is that any of them that they do is great. The more they do, the better. And the easier we make it for them, the more likely they are to promote it on their end. So um, again, this is in the forum uh, under the video category. It's how to make it easy for people to share your video content. And you can tweak it if there are other, um, you know, platforms you want to use. You can just, you know, adapt it as you need. But, um, but, but it's at least helpful for making it really easy for people to share your content. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Um, let me stop sharing. There we go. All right. So any thoughts, questions, anything else that, is it still sharing? Yeah, it's still sharing. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Why is it still sharing? Did that work? There we go. Yeah, it was just a little delay. Um, and I did find something else I wanted to share with you guys. Let me see if I've got the link here. Um, and Kristen, I was curious if you had seen this. Mm -hmm. Just give you guys a quick link. Um, it's called Smart Mockups. And basically, you can take whatever picture and make it look like it's in an iPhone or on a computer. So if you're trying to, you know, show like your product on screen or, you know, like a Zoom meeting or something, you can basically take whatever image you have and then it has a picture of an iPhone or, or a computer or whatever it might be. And you just insert it and it looks really good and really professional. Um, and I think it's free. 
So cool. Um, anyways, y'all check it out because it's it's a pretty cool, pretty cool, especially if you're um, you know, trying to do it yourself. It's just easier to just pop it in, have it done. Yeah. So awesome. We do all that work by hand, but um, there's a few things. There's one thing called yellow, yellow images that we use, and it's more for packaging and stuff like this, but yeah, this is very cool. Awesome. Well, that may make it easier. Maybe you don't have to do all that work yourself now. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, awesome. So many things, so many good things. And then, um, I'm gonna have to talk to you guys about Pinterest next time. Cause I've been listening to these Pinterest, um, podcasts and there's so many amazing things that Pinterest is doing. So I'll have to share that next week or next month. So next. Thank you for listening to the SoGrow Marketing Council podcast. Want to be part of our next meeting? Visit SoGrowPR.com. That's S-O-W-G-R-O-W-P-R.com and click on the Marketing Council tab to sign up for our next event. Until next time, keep growing.